0: Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We greet you in the grace, peace, joy, and love of God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Love to the family. Thank God for his love that we can share with one another. For those of you who don't know, I'm Dr. D.Z. Cofield, senior pastor here at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church, and I want to thank you today for the privilege of your time. Thank you for being with us and allowing us to inform your head, inspire your heart, and encourage your spirit to become all that God wants you to be. Listen, you're not watching to make us a big church. We're here to help you become the biggest and best Christian that you can possibly be. And in the midst of everything that's going on, man, this Delta variant is running wild. But even beyond that, we we still have unresolved grief, unresolved emotional baggage from the past year, uh, still trying to figure out how we're going to make it economically. Don't know if moratoriums are going to be extended on evictions and property owners are trying to hold on to their property and those who are renters are are trying to stay in their apartments. I mean, it's just really a mess. But here's what I'm thankful for. In the midst of it all, God is on the throne. I've got to tell you, personally, I've been challenged and going through some things and the Lord just had to remind me, literally the Holy Spirit had to remind me to trust the Lord because there's some things that are above my pay grade that are outside of my scope of influence, outside of my reach. I've got to learn how to trust God. And I'm praying that you would learn the same thing. Our scripture reading today comes from the 100th division of Psalms. The 100th division of Psalms. And it reads as follows from the ESV translation. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. I have read for you Psalm 100 verses 1 through 5 this is the word of the Lord let's go to God in prayer father thank you and bless you for today I pray now that you would have your way today like never before God use your word use the worship use everything that transpires to challenge us and help us to become all you want us to be it's in Jesus name we pray Amen. Amen. Listen, let's let's have a great time in the Lord today, all right? Would you just just block your mind from everything that's going on around you, everything that you've been through. uh, Offer it all to the Lord in prayer and in praise. Remind yourself of how awesome the God is that we serve. So many times we complain, and even in our prayers, we're telling God how big our problems are. I want to encourage somebody in your praise to tell your problems how big your God is. Come on, Elder Taylor and the praise team. They're going to lead us in our time of worship today. Come on, lift your voice in song to God. Psalm 107 says,
1: Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. How many of you know that he is a good God? Come on, clap your hands with us, everybody. Listen. You are the healer of the broken heart. You are the mender when we're torn apart. You are the light that brightens up the darkness. We see clearly who you are. Good God. Hallelujah. Good God. You're a good God. Come on, sing with me, y'all. Oh, you're not afraid. You're not afraid of all the fears and shame. You fought the battle and gave me the win. win. You hold my future so my past can't break me. I'm so glad I'm in your hands. Say, good God. God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, good good God. You're a good. It's your love alone. It's your love alone that me I still remember I still when you remember called when my, you name. Call my name. Far beyond Bobby, the beauty, I know, I never I know be there. I'll never because 'Cause you're a good you're God. A good come on, if God. you know He's good, wherever you are, put your hands good together. God. Say you're a good God. Yeah. You're a good God. Say good God. good God. Now come on, it's time to celebrate. Everybody, put your hands together. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is a good God. He reigns forever and ever. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Oh, Father. Yes, God. Healer. Yes, God. Retainer. You say, Creator, Savior, and Defender. Good God. Father, healer, redeemer, good God, God, creator, creator, savior, and defender. You change, you always be, you'll always be said You never, never change, you'll always be, you'll always be, you'll always be. good God, God. you never change. You are a saving God, good God. Oh taste and seek, that the Lord is good, oh taste and seek, that the Lord is good. He is a good God. Yes he is. He's a good God. Yes, he is. You never change, you always be, you always be good God. change you always be be, and you always be be, good god God. say good god God. yes you are say good god yes you are you are holy you are mighty you are powerful you're amazing there's no god like our god there's no no God god like our god Good God. 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 Nobody's stronger. Good Good God. You're amazing. You're wonderful. You're mighty. And you're holy. You are good all the time. You are yes yeah. to everybody say good God. Good God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, good Thank you, God. you Father. Good God. The word of God says that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Even when it seems like you're praying and you're not getting an answer, know that God does hear your prayer. And that He is a God who answers prayer. Word of God says, "The prayers of the righteous availeth much." So keep on praying. Don't stop praying. Pray without ceasing. Hallelujah. When we pray, we believe. We receive what we ask in His name. All things are possible. When we pray, we tap in to miraculous things. And victoriously, we declare that we know the prayers of the righteous. The prayers of the righteous prevail. Yes, we know. We know that the prayers of the righteous prevail. His love never fails. The prayers of the righteous. The word says that this is the confidence that we have that if we ask according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, we have the petition that we desire. Tell your neighbor, keep on praying. praying. Hallelujah. When we pray, say, when we pray, we we receive receive what we ask in his name. All things are possible. Yes. Yes. Whoa. Happens so miraculously and victoriously, yeah, yeah. That we know, we know that the prayers of the righteous The prayers of the righteous, the of the righteous prevail. We know We know that the Prayers of the righteous His love never fails Prayers of the righteous Oh, yeah, yeah We know that the prayers of the righteous hey yeah, just keep on praying God hears you and He'll answer your prayer, yeah. Of the righteous Say yes, we know. We know, we know we that the prayer pray of the righteous, the righteous prevails. His love never fails. His love yeah. Come on, if you know you're victorious, come on, say that with us. Say, we are victorious. Yeah, yeah. We are victorious. So we, are, we are. We are. Come on, open your mouth and declare it, everybody. We are victorious, yeah. We have the victory, yeah. We are victorious. We are victorious. Come on, shout it, everybody. We are victorious. Oh, we are victorious. We are, we are, we are. Come on, tell the Lord, say this. You are miraculous, Yes. You are. You can do the miraculous. You are. You are. are. Come on, everybody, open your mouth and declare it. Come on. Say, we are victorious. Say, Say yes, we are. Victory. Yes, we are. We are. We are. Come on, in your house, wherever you are. Come on, open your mouth and make some noise. What if God says, clap your hands, all you people, shout out to God with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. 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 Glory God.
0: Hallelujah. The prayers of the righteous availeth much. Can, can I tell you something? Um, th- there is nothing more powerful than praying, than singing the word of God. I mean, because you, you literally are, are taking the life-giving, life-changing power of the Word and articulating it into the atmosphere so that the Word which activates the power of God in your life begins to move in ways beyond you can ask, think, or imagine. Prayers of the righteous. Avail as much, and we're grateful that we can go to our God in prayer. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our word today. Father, thank you for today. We pray now that you will bless your word as it goes forth. That everything that we do and everything that we say will be pleasing in your sight, and will bring glory and honor to you. Uh, use us, God, as an instrument of your will. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, If if you're like me, you've probably, over these last 15 months, have have watched more TV than you would typically watch. And and, and one of the things that uh, I've noticed is that there's been a move uh, throughout various areas of life for people to express themselves to express their uh, style, to express their beliefs. Some people express uh, their style in, for example, how they decorate their home. Some people express their style in uh, the clothes that they wear. Some people express their style in the cars that they drive. Some people may not express it totally in the clothes that they wear but they express their style in their shoes right they they let you know uh who they are and 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 what they believe and there are different lifestyles and and different styles that people have some people have a a more flamboyant or flashy style some people have what has been called the shabby chic style some have a, a a boho style some have a a country style, some have a hard urban style, but, but here's what I want you to understand today. Regardless of the style that you adorn yourself or the things that you own with on the outside, as a child of God, there should be a predominant lifestyle that undergirds everything else that you do. Paul says, when when we talk about the marks of a Christian in Romans chapter 12, uh, as we delve into verse 9, and he he says, you've got to let your your love be genuine. Let it be real. Don't, Don't walk around with this fake love, this tolerating love, this this love that just puts up with people and and, and really is not the kind of love that God has for you and the kind of love that God wants you to show to somebody else. God says when you have that kind of real love, it should evident itself in how you live. In how you live. Uh, Today, I want to continue our look at Romans chapter 12, and I want to go into part two of this message, living a lifestyle of love. Uh, wh- whatever your style is in life, whatever your lifestyle is, whether it's shabby, chic, or flat buoyant, country, urban, it really doesn't matter because what should be a part of every style that a child of God embodies is love. Not any kind of love, real love. But here's the question on the table. How does that love manifest itself? How does that love show up? What are the marks of this real, genuine, unhypocritical love? How is this love demonstrated towards all people? That's what I want to share with you today. Here's the first thing I want you you to see if you're going to uh, live a lifestyle of of love. Uh, Number one, your love is real when you hate evil. Your love is real when you hate evil. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 9, the B part says, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil the esv translation says abhor what is evil that that word abhor is a very very strong word uh it, it's an intense feeling an intense feeling of of loathing uh, an intense feeling of of hatred uh a, a, an intense feeling of disdain paul says you've got to abhor evil if if your love is going to be genuine, if, if love is real in your life, which means you are loving the way God wants you to love, he says you've got to hate what is evil. Now I want you to think about this for a moment. I, I know you don't want to admit it, but child of God, just for a moment, think about somebody you hate. Oh, okay, okay, no, no, I know you don't hate them now, right? So think about somebody you used to hate, okay? Like somebody you used to hate yesterday. Okay, no. So think about somebody you hate, and, and, and here's what I would say. If there's somebody you dislike strongly, you probably don't want to be around them. They are not somebody you want to hang out with, you don't want to help them, you don't even want to interact with them. As a matter of fact, uh, if, if you find out they're gone, uh, as one friend of mine said, if you found out they folded up their tent and went on to the afterworld, you would be fine. No, no no, tears shed, no sleep lost. You don't want to have anything to do with them, right? Listen to what Paul says. Paul says that's the way you should feel about evil. You should feel that way about evil. You should abhor or hate evil. Love desires the best. Love sees the best. But when evil is present, Paul says, you and I have a responsibility to abhor evil. You are to stand against evil, fight against evil, and do all you can to fight what causes or results in evil. Can I tell you something? We... we As a people, one of our challenges in life is to love people and the things that people do that we like, even when what they do results in evil or has an evil outcome. Uh, Hunger and poverty, uh, drunkenness and drugs, cursing and bitterness, Uh, Here's one, selfishness and greed, right? We we, we rarely think about the evil that comes out of it. We we are very short-sighted in what we do and how we see in terms of the ramifications of what we do. And so we miss what God says to us in terms of hating evil. So here's what I'm trying to say to you. If, if I do something that results in my good or benefits me, but it's bad for somebody else, I should hate what I did because of the byproduct in somebody else's life. I cannot celebrate my good when my good is at the expense of somebody's bad. Can I be blessed by God and not be blessed at your expense? Or do I consider it my blessing even when it costs you something? So let me give you an example. I was up in a restaurant on vacation and sat down in the chair, and when I got up, as is my habit, I just checked to make sure I didn't leave anything behind, and there was a credit card in the chair. It wasn't my credit card. It was somebody else's. Now, uh, comedian Marcus Wiley says, you know, when when you get put in that predicament, you, you, you ask yourself, is this a test or is it a blessing, right? I, somebody else's credit card. Now, can I go in and use it? it probably get away with it, probably. But man, that's not, that's not a blessing. That's not a blessing because it's at somebody else's expense. So I went and, and, and went to the waitress and said, hey, somebody left this credit card in the chair. And as I was walking out of the establishment, a friend of mine who was with me, he said, you know, somebody else probably would have used that. And I said, you know, maybe they would have. I said, but praise God, I'm glad I did it because if I left my credit card, I would hope somebody would just turn it in and not use it. A couple of days later, my wife and I are shopping. I park the car. We get out. We go in, make our purchase. We come right back out. And as I come out, I notice as I open the door, I look down, and there is a credit card, another credit card, not mine. And it was a Bank of America credit card. Saw the gentleman's name on it and was like, wow. I said, listen, let's take the card and we will, when we see a Bank of America, because my wife said, well, I haven't seen one. I said, no, I've seen a couple. And when we see one, we'll just drop it off at the bank and just tell them we just found it. And so that's what we did. Now, I don't know if that card was used before I got it, but here's what I was clear about in my own spirit. I have to hate evil. Taking somebody else's card and using it is stealing. That's not a blessing, right? I'm stealing. I'm taking from somebody else. And even if you said, well, that person wouldn't have to pay for it. You know, the credit card company would write it off. I'm still stealing. I'm still stealing. Listen, I've got to hate evil in any form it comes into. 1 Thessalonians 5:22. Stay away from every kind of evil. Stay away from every kind of evil. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 11. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Here's the second thing. We're talking about living a lifestyle that honors God. Secondly, your love is real when you commit to always doing what is good. When you commit to always doing good. The C part of verse 9, Romans chapter 12. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Here it is. Hold fast to what is good. Hold fast to what is good. Now, here's why I separated these two, because abhorring evil, hating evil is one thing. But what do you do after you abhor evil? There needs to be a positive action that marks your life. I want to disdain or hate or loathe evil, but I want to make sure that now I am doing good. So let me go back to my example. I saw a credit card on a seat. I could have left it there and walked away. I didn't use it, but somebody else might have. I found a credit card on the street. didn't have to pick it up obviously it was a little dirty it had rained outside I didn't have to pick it up and turn it in I could have left it there but am I going to just abhor evil or am I going to go the next step Paul says hold fast to what is good that phrase hold fast is one word cleave it means to join or fasten together to attach, to submit together. Uh, it, it, it's almost like gorilla gluing good to your spirit, like this, this commitment, this bond to doing good that cannot be shaken or separated. Are you committed to doing what is good? Are you committed to thinking what is good? Are you committed to speaking what is good? Are you committed to doing what is good? You know, one of the things about Gorilla Glue that I've learned, uh, you, you can't separate it without damaging what has been glued together. Um, I, I glued something together, and I was so excited. I said, man, I'm going to get some Gorilla Glue so this thing never comes apart again. And and so I got the glue, and, man, I put it on, and I lathered it on, man, and I— put the two pieces together, and I was so excited. And then after I put them together and turned it over, I realized that I didn't have it aligned properly. (laughs) Well, guess what? That was several years ago. It's still not aligned right. Because everything I did to separate it didn't work. Soaked it in acetate, alcohol, bleach, did whatever I could. Nothing could separate it. It is bonded, and the only way I can separate it is to damage what was now put together. I want you to hear me carefully. When Paul says, hold fast to what is good, he wants you to commit to it, to hold it and not let it go, to make sure that you are holding fast to good even if bad is going on around you. Even if everybody else is doing good, right? In other words, when everybody else is doing bad, God says, I want you to do good. Somebody will say, well, everybody else is doing it. And God says, you know what? Let everybody else do it. But you are my child and you know better and I want you to do better. I need you to make a commitment, an unwavering commitment to do good, to be good, to speak good. Look at Luke 6, verse 35, and verse 36. But love your enemies and do good. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. So here's the message. Your commitment to good should override even when other people are doing bad we don't do tit for tat two wrongs don't make a right we must stay committed to doing good our former first lady michelle obama said when they go low you go high stay high and do good here's the third thing three your love is real when you love in a practical way Your love is real when you love in a practical way. If you're trying to figure out whether or not you're really living a lifestyle of love, he says, man, love has to be practical. It can't be theoretical. It can't be out there. It's got to be practical. Look at verse 10, the A part. Love one another with brotherly affection. Love one another with brotherly affection. Love one another. Now, now, it's interesting because this is a compound word in the Greek language, uh, philos and storge. Uh, philos, um, right, philia, uh, this idea of, of brotherly love, friendship. But storge specifically refers to uh, cherishing those who are your kindred your family members right so this is beyond just a friendship love this is treating them like family now i've, I've got to tell you as i was preparing this i was thinking boy i, I hope the holy ghost can help me with this because there's a whole lot of folk that don't really like their family members like they should uh there's some of you who are watching come on you can say amen if you want to uh who are watching right now who who may be wondering man if 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 you And your siblings, for example, uh, really came from the same womb, right? Uh, We tend to be closer to the people that we choose to have relationships with than the people that we have relationships with by chance. But here's what Paul says. Paul says, love one another with brotherly affection. In other words, this is a love that is a choice, but it's a love that's beyond an intimate love, right? So here's something I was thinking about. Um, we know we live in a day and time when marriages are going through a difficult time, right? And more than 50% of marriages end in divorce. So I asked myself, if, if more than 50% of marriages end in divorce, how many relationships end in breakup? Like how many relationships have you been in that ended in breakup and you didn't even get to marriage? Right? Because those relationships can be emotionally damaging as well. And the truth of the matter is, and some of you can identify with this, You have to be careful because when you get in a relationship with a friend, some of you, that relationship hasn't worked and you lost the friend. You lost the friend because you lost the feelings. And so you really want to make sure that you maintain that friendship, right? That bond and not mess that bond up around intimacy. Listen to me carefully. Paul says you've got to love in a practical way. There there should be evidence of your love in how you interact with other people, how you engage with other people. Do you engage with them in a loving way? Are you loving even when they are unlovable, right? Is your love real enough to love beyond the faults and failures of another person? That's the evidence that God's love is in you. 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 5, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to underline a phrase if you can. If these qualities are yours, number one, and then secondly, are they increasing? See, if you're going to be a believer every day and live as a believer every day, then these traits must be present and you must be working to increase them. So you should be loving more today than you did yesterday. You should be loving some people more today that you found unlovable in your yesterdays. You should be better today and not bitter today because you are getting better in your living out. Who God is in your life, first John chapter three, verse fourteen, we know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death here 's the fourth and final thing number four, your love is real when your love initiates showing honor to others. Your love is real when your love initiates showing honor to others I, th- th- this 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 point really messed me up. Look at verse 10, the B part. Love one another with brotherly affection. Here it is. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. Now there are many who are competitive, right? Uh, you hear stories about people like uh, the great Michael Jordan being uh, so competitive he would compete in everything and and if you watch the documentary last dance you you saw him uh, pitching coins with uh, Security workers in the stadium at Chicago Stadium right at the arena. He's pitching coins to see who's gonna win Pitching coins he, he he'd wager on on golf games. He he gambled at Atlantic City He was just 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 uber competitive and and what's interesting to me is uh, we bring that competitive nature and spirit into the church. We want to compete. We want to compete and see who is the best singer, uh, who is the best preacher, who is the best prayer, who's the best deacon, who's the best musician, who's the best worship leader, right? There's this, there's this innate desire within us to compete. But we don't compete around who's the one who shows love the most we don't compete around who's the one who shows honor the most right we compete to see who can do everything else better than who can love the best and who can show love the best Paul says outdo one another in showing honor that word outdo Means to go before, to lead, to set an example. He says, be the first one to show honor to somebody else. Knowing that if you are the first one to show honor and that person shows honor to you, then guess what? Both are honored. But if I'm waiting for you to honor me and you're waiting for me to honor you, then guess what? Neither one of us will be honored and both of us will be in our feelings. When I first got to the Good Hope Church, uh, I was the youngest pastor in the history of the church, 1994, and there were four other associate ministers here. And so, of course, uh, several of them, you know, struggled. Uh, They wanted the church. They candidated for the church, and the Lord saw fit to place me here. Um, I was younger than a couple of them, and so they had an issue there. And we had five chairs in the pulpit, the one in the center and then two other ones on each side. And there was this competition uh, to see who could get the church earlier to get to the chair that was next to the pastor. And so I messed them up, messed them up. One Sunday I came in and I sat on the floor next to the deacons. And they look in to see what's wrong and why I'm not. And I stayed down there until it was time for me to come up and have my remarks. And then I preached and then I sat back down there. And I did that for a month or two. And I was asked the question in the minister's meeting, what what was that all about? Because, you know, we were taught that you got to, you know, sit in, in the pastor's chair and sit on the pulpit. That's the proper place that you need to be. And I said, well, I said, I have a little different philosophy because I, I don't want people looking at me. I really want them as much as possible looking at God. And, and I don't want people watching me and them distracted. I said, and I noticed that, that, that several of you try to get here early and, and get into the pulpit so you can get in a particular chair. Um, You don't ever have to worry about beating me to the pulpit. You'll always beat me to the pulpit because I'm not sitting in the pulpit. I said, but here's what I would like to do. I want to challenge you on beating me and serving. I want to challenge you to see who will get somebody water first. I want to challenge you to see who will carry somebody's briefcase first. Uh, Who will carry somebody's, who will serve first. And in serving, show honor to somebody else that word honor literally means to reverence to respect to esteem uh, to value can, can you imagine a church full of believers who took the time to honor each other can, can you can you imagine what kind of atmosphere would be created if, if people actually honored one another, okay, some of you can't even see it in a church. Can you imagine in a home, if you had a husband and wife and you had children and, and you honored one another and you celebrated one another and you encouraged one another? See, Paul is basically saying, look, I, I want to make sure that in the body uh, we practice this honoring and encouraging so that uh, no brother or sister is overlooked, nobody's not honored, nobody's not esteemed, nobody uh, is, is, is not thanked, uh, that, that everyone is recognized, that, that everyone is appreciated, uh, that, that we literally honor people for who they are. And I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, as I get ready to go, we spend more time envying each other than we do honoring each other. And Paul says when love is real, love honors. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't look at somebody and say, man, if 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 I had your hand, I'd throw my hands in. I, if I had what you had, I could do what you do. Matter of fact, I can do better. No, that's not love. Love doesn't envy. Love honors. Philippians 2 beginning at verse 3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. 1 Corinthians 10 24, let no one seek his own good but the good of his neighbor. 1 Peter 2:17, honor everyone love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. We give honor to whom honor is due, and we are to honor each other in the body. Let's make sure our love is real and shows up in how we live. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. I pray now that as your word has gone forth, that it has found fertile ground in the hearts and minds of your people, that we would be more than just hearers of your word help us to be doers as well help us to make a commitment to grow in our walk with you it's in Jesus name we pray amen if you're watching right now and you want to accept Jesus Christ as your savior that there's only two kinds of people in the world there are people who know Jesus and people who need him And if you don't know him, that means you need him. If you don't have a personal relationship with him, that means you need him. And if you need the Lord, I want to encourage you to click on the button that says, I want to accept Christ, but how? And I will show you how to ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, to pray the prayer of salvation, to ask the Lord to forgive you, to cleanse you, and to welcome you into the family of faith. If you'd like to become part of our church family, I would love to have you join us and give us the privilege of helping facilitate your discipleship on the digital platform. All you've got to do is click on the link that says, I want to join the church. If you click on that link and follow the prompts, we will contact you and let you know One, how welcome you are in I Hope Church, and then secondly, how we can help facilitate your discipleship. Our staff is working very hard to make sure that everything you could get in person, you can get online and even more. And that's for children, youth, young adults, adults, married couples, seniors, wherever you are in your station in life, We want to meet you where you are and show you how God wants to help you move to become all that he wants you to be. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for your support. If you'd like to give, you've had multiple opportunities to worship the Lord in giving throughout this broadcast. There are six ways that you can give online here at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church, and I want to thank all of you for your faithfulness in your giving. It's been unbelievable to see not only how our church family has responded, but those of you who have been watching in 134 countries, uh, God has used you to touch and change lives here in the Houston metropolitan area and around the world. Man, I'm grateful we're about to commission our second full-time missionary to the continent of Africa out of our church. Pastor Mark Sloan and his wife, Marcelle, will be heading to the country of Uganda and, man, I've been talking to pastors and preachers and organizational leaders from around the country who are committing to helping Pastor Sloan and his wife get on the mission field to be able to train pastors and develop pastors and church leaders so that the church in Uganda and the church in Africa can continue to win people to Jesus Christ. And and I'm, I'm just excited to see what God is going to do through the Sloans in Uganda. But there's work for us to do here. And somebody may be watching and saying, you know, man, you're going to send, you know, somebody over to Uganda. We got enough to do here. Yeah, we do have enough to do here. But guess what? It's not either or. It's both and. We have work to do here and we have a responsibility to answer the Macedonia call as well. Uh, We serve people here at our food pantry over a million pounds of food distributed last year. That's the responsibility. But we also have a new youth initiative that we are kicking off in this month of August uh, where we'll be dealing with and addressing issues of functional illiteracy among our young people. We're going to be addressing issues of mental wellness and, and mental health among our young people and job training and the like. And all of those things have come about because of our partnerships and because of your faithfulness. We want to make generational changes, and we're seeing it happen here at the Good Oak Church, and I want to thank you for being part of it. Last but not least, God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me, but God is not only doing something wonderful in us, God is doing something wonderful through us as we allow ourselves to be used in the kingdom work. Continue to allow God to bless you. Continue to allow God to use you. God bless you until we see you again.
1: It's time to encourage your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, God is doing something wonderful in you. Come on, tell him. Oh, yeah. God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in you. Something awesome, yeah. Something awesome and And only he will, will the glory. God is doing it on the inside. And it's showing up on the outside.